Welcome to the Apartment Rockstar Podcast. In this episode, Robert is a part of Rockstar Capital's webinar featuring Luis Becerra, Carl Dean, and Nate Hare to talk about how Luis Becerra turned $100,000 in his IRA into well over $1 million with apartment investing. Luis, you're the man of the hour. You've got this amazing story. Um, yeah, it's it's the reconnect button. Just so you guys know, I just had somebody come over and uh, and let us know. So it says reconnect. So if you have issues, just hit that reconnect button. So uh, diving into this, Luis is the man of the hour. You, you've got this amazing story. Um, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you do for a living? Kind of, you know, how you grew up or whatever the case may be. Tell us more about yourself. Well, I grew up down in South Texas, uh, San Benito, near Harlingen, Brownsville. Um, I left, uh, after going to college, I left the area in 1982. Uh, I went to work for the IBM Corporation, Um, spent 25 years with them, uh, and one day they decided they were going to pull the plug. like anybody else who might have gone through something like that, that was a real shock. I mean, I, I never envisioned doing anything else or, or um, working for anybody else. Uh, and of course, at that time, I mean, it, it was like, wow, what do I do now? That happened in 2005. Um, I had a... At the time, I became familiar with a guy who was doing uh, uh, brokering. Uh, He was doing mutual funds and things like that, stock marketplace. Uh, And he had had just, I guess he was a couple of years into having his own brokerage firm. And uh, I met him through my mom. However, my mom never told me that after a couple of years, she stopped dealing with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And and he kept up the relationship, so I just assumed, oh, well, mom's working with him. You know, he must be a good guy. And yeah. I, and, yeah. And looking back on it, I never asked her, hey, what's the deal with him or what? You know, till one day she and I were talking, and I said, well, yeah, I rolled my money over with his company, and she just stopped and looked at me and goes, why'd you do that? And I said, I really didn't have any other knowledge. I said, you know, being an IBMer, we played in the stock market. We invested in the stock market. We had our 401ks and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, when I when when they severed me from the company, they said, well, here's what you have. This is yours. And I called him right away and I said, look, I've got X amount of money coming to me. And of course, his eyes lit up and he was like, great, you know, just we'll take care of you. I went fine. Um, let's see, in 2005, 2006, and seven, uh, I was getting a little stipend that was keeping me going. So he was, in, he was investing it in the market, just to be clear. Right. Okay. Yeah, he had it in some mutual fund, I guess. Okay. And in 2008, or right around that time, uh, a friend of mine called me up. A uh, guy that I used to work with, we're still friends, but he calls me up and he says, hey, he goes, uh, have you looked at your statement? And I go, why? And he says, well, you might want to take a look at your at your uh, investment statement. And I went, okay. 
Well, I, I was like, I know the market's doing bad. I really don't want to look at this, you know. And then one day I got home and my wife says, oh, you got another statement here. And I opened it up. Oh, my heart sank. And <clears throat> excuse me if I get a little emotional, it's because it hit home really hard. But anyway, I, I opened the statement up and I saw that I had about $128,000 left of what was close to like three fifty. Wow. And I went, what? You know, I felt like somebody had broken into my house and taken everything that I owned. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it just so happened, I, I don't know, divine intervention, you know, the universe, God, I don't know. But I was, um, I had by that time, I was, uh, I had taken on a part-time job with FedEx Express. And, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking this is when it happened because all I remember was it was dark and it was early and I was going somewhere. And I wouldn't get out of bed to go anywhere that early in the morning unless it's to work. But uh, I was driving down the road and, and kind of selecting different stations on the, on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I happened to click, a, I think it was an AM station, I, because that early in the morning, there's a lot of static. So anyway, I clicked on a station and I heard about how to invest your IRA or how to invest your 401k in real estate. And like I said, I was clicking through stations. And when yeah. I heard that, I stopped. I turned the volume up. I said, I need to know this. I need to know this. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I went ahead and wrote down, wrote the number down, try to find out who that, you know, who these people are. And then I just went on a, on a journey of trying to learn what this was about. Um, at the same time, I called the broker friend and I said, Hey, listen, I said, uh, I'm going to take control of my money. Of course, his response was, uh, I'm not going to use all the terms, but he, he basically said, you know, you're stupid and you're going to lose all of this money, all that you worked so hard for yes. and all of, all of that. Right. And I, I just, you know, I just try to calmly tell him, look, I said, um, basically it was, do you still live in the house you live in that you had bought, which I knew was like several million. And he goes, yeah, why? And I said, because you're still living in that big house and I've lost almost all of what I had. I said, so something's not right. The picture's not right. Yeah. And then he said, well, okay. He goes, so you're going to take it over. What are you going to do with it? And I said, I don't know, but I tell you what, I said, if, if I lose it, I lost it and no one else. And I can only blame me. And he goes, well, and then you're going to work. So you got a, you got a bad thing. You got a bad taste in your mouth because of the stock market, right? You, and, and you said, if, if somebody's going to lose my retirement, it's going to be me. And so you, uh, you, heard, this, you heard this commercial, and I'm, I'm assuming you attended an event. That's where you met Yeah, uh, my wife and I went to a couple events. Uh, somehow or another, we wound up in Houston to a couple of these events. And uh, it was on the second or third time we were there. Uh, we had gone 
to lunch. You know, it was part of the deal was we were going to go meet for lunch. Uh, that was when I met Robert. It was at that restaurant. What uh, year was this? Do you know what year this was? This was like around 2009, maybe. Okay. okay. Um, Robert actually came and sat at the table where my wife and I were. Uh, and she remembers that part of it a lot better than I do. Uh, <laughs> because for me, everything was just going so fast. I was just yeah. wanting to figure out what to do. And anyway, uh, you know, he sat with us. He was telling us about, I remember him mentioning his family that he worked in the oil field or oil, something to do with oil and yeah. how he was a buyer or seller for oil products. And I was like, wow, you know, and then he's like, you know, I, I found this real estate thing and it's, it's, it's going to be amazing. <clears throat> and I said, okay, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, late, you know, we were there. We was like a meet and greet kind of thing. Well, then I got up to uh, go get my tray because we were about to start eating. And somehow or another, Robert and I bumped into each other again. And he, uh, he put his arm around me and he said, don't worry. We're going to make this work. It's going to work. You're going to be real happy. And I said, okay, well, of course, I had heard that before. <laughs> and, you know, I, but something about the way he said it, something about the energy, it, it, you know, it was all these different things. Yeah. And uh, that was in 2009. So it was about a year later. I was getting really antsy. And I thought, man, I got this money sitting here. It's not doing anything. I'm being charged to hold it somewhere. And, and then I get a phone call and, uh, it was Robert and I was like, Hey, what's going on? How are you? You know? And, and he goes, oh, I'm doing good. He goes, uh, you know, there's a project that you're waiting to get into. And he goes, and I just wanted to let you know that there's a possibility that that might not work. And I go, okay. I don't remember Katrina or some hurricane that hit me about that time. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, he goes, uh, I also wanted to let you know that uh, I'm going to start my own uh, company, I guess. He goes, I'm going to start my own as a lead as a lead investor. And I've got something in the works. And he goes, and if you're interested, you know, I'd, I'd like you to, you know, take a look at it and maybe come on board. And I said, OK, fine. Well, I said, you know what, let me, let me think about it. Uh, I'll get back with you. So a couple of days passed and I had talked to my wife about it and she's just like, well, that's your money and you gotta, you know, you want to do something with it. So, you know, maybe you want to give him a shot, you know, or check out what he's got going on or whatever. So I called him back and I said, if you can, please send me, you know, the, the prospectus for this, this project. And he goes, yeah, I'll do that. I got it right away. I mean, it was like if he was just waiting to hit the same button. <laughs> he probably was. Let's, let's, actually, let's pause there because I want to hear from Robert. Robert, kind of let's let's fill the audience in for those who don't know you, like what your background is kind of when you got started in real estate and then kind of explain from your own words that whole scenario when you first kind of met Luis and where you, yeah. are, where you were at mentally. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Robert Martinez. Um, 
known in the apartment world as the apartment rock star. Uh, I'm from South Texas. I'm from McAllen. Uh, and like a lot of other people, I was taught by my parents to go to school and get good grades. And that's what I did. I went to Texas A&M. Uh, I got an engineering degree. Uh, my parents knew nothing about real estate. My dad worked at Whataburger for 40 years. Uh, my mom worked at Levi's before they moved the plant to Mexico. And she had to retool and re-educate herself. Um, but uh, um, when I graduated A&M, I went to work in the oil and gas field. Uh, I chose the sales side versus the think tank side. And um, <laughs> I was selling, you know, uh, I was really good at it. I was selling million dollar pieces of equipment to guys with PhDs. And I was explaining the cost value benefit, the analysis, what the, the life cycle of, of the ownership and why they should buy my piece of equipment. And as I said, I was really good at it. And like uh, what happens to a lot of commission sales guys is that they, uh, they get uh, their territories monkeyed with. Uh, management comes in, uh, a change in the business model, and they want to keep you at this number when you should be making this number. And that's where I wanted to live. And so after two or three times of having my territory uh, play with, I decided I wanted to go find something else. And I looked at a lot of different ways of supplementing my income. And just like Lewis, I was in the radio. I'm sorry, I was, I was in my car listening to the radio uh, and uh, maybe over, over the course of a year or two. And I found a real estate club in Houston that I wanted to maybe possibly join and check out. And I did. And I learned about single family on the Saturday. And then I learned all about multifamily on mm -hmm. Sunday. I'm like, yeah, this is mm -hmm. it. This is what I want to do. I, I think there's, you know, when I understood the magic formula and the whole NOI, you know, valuation formula with cap rates, I, it, it was something that, that I thought that I could use my background. And so I got involved in real estate in December of 07 with our very first purchase. I had a business partner at the time. We formed a company. Uh, I, was the, I was the operating partner. Uh, and since 2007, I've overseen 5,000 units, did the underwriting, did the management myself, I trained the sales staff. Um, and I was born during the recession. So Lewis's story is very familiar to me because it happened to my parents too. My dad worked hit for 40 years at Whataburger. He had about eight, $900,000 in his uh, 401k before the great recession occurred and it got decimated um, to where he had a little bit less than 400,000 in there. And, and I remember I didn't know how to help him. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what kind of advice to dad, just pull your money out. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, at that point I was just starting my real estate career. Uh, and then in 2011, I already had, I had been running 2000 units. Uh, I had had success where I'd return um, uh, 100% of the investors capital three times on the first three deals that we did. And I was ready to kind of start my own business in at rockstar capital. And that was when I met Lewis. I met Lewis on my very first investment. Uh, he was involved in 2000. Uh, so yes, I remember meeting Lewis in 2009. I remember meeting his wonderful wife, Teresa, and we had a conversation. I remember putting my arm around him because I could tell he was really unsure. Teresa's very, very bubbly. Very, she got a lot of personality. And uh, Lewis reminds me of my father, very stoic, very there listening, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, it, I had to feel like I had to give him some reassurance. <laughs> and I actually felt like I was talking to my family, right? Because I wanted to reassure them. My dad was also very stoic. He wasn't the kind that took advice very easy. He wasn't going to put, he had just gotten his uh, nest egg decimated. He wasn't going to give it to me and invest in real estate, right? Because he didn't know enough about real estate. He was, he was scared about it. And I guess for him, it was going to be something that um, he needed me to prove. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, Lewis, I, you know, and prob probably because he has Teresa, you know, got the encouragement he needed to invest with us. And, you know, that's why we're having that webinar today. You know, Lewis yeah. is part of those initial deals that we did tremendously well at um, since starting Rockstar Capital. You know, we've, we've won 17 city state national awards. 
Um, I've returned investor capital, 100% investor capital, 12 times on cash out refinances. Couple of that with the three times in my previous company, that's 15 times, 100% uh, back to the investors since uh, 2007. And I'm the country's only two-time national owner of the year. And But that wouldn't happen without people like Lewis believing yeah. in me in the beginning and those early investors who, I mean, I think Lewis is about to tell a story. He's in a bunch of our rock star deals. Yeah, so that's, you know, and that's the point of the, the webinar here. So I want to get into this because I, I, I've got a lot of questions coming across right now. Um, you know, so so I'm going to bring up a spreadsheet for you guys, for, for all the viewers. This is basically the deal flow of Luis and his infamous $100,000 investment. So just to remind you guys, Luis started with a $100,000 investment and has added no additional money to that. But since he has done that, he has been able to take the return that he's had over the course of nine years and continue to invest, okay? So what you're looking at here is a spreadsheet um, of his investments. I'm gonna walk you through this just so you can understand it. So the account obviously is pretty simple. This is the deal order in which he invested in. Here's the deal, we, we've abbreviated them to, to kind of keep it a little bit private from, from, you know, there might be other investors on these deals, we don't wanna disclose all this information, but the amount invested initially, the initial investment date, the percentage of ownership, total distributions to date, okay? And then the first refi and the second refi and then the sale, okay? Then we have the total return column here. This is the total return for each one of these deals for his initial investment. And we have the value in equity. So what he, he's currently still in most of these deals, and this is the value of his equity. So, you know, you look at this column, he put in $100,000 in this deal. His current valuation is, uh, is 338,000. Okay, his quarterly distributions is the next column. So off of his, I just wanted to, you know, real quick, off of his initial $100,000 investment, okay, Luis currently has about $16,000 per quarter coming to him. So he's got about $60,000 to change coming to him every year uh, as passive income on top of the fact that he now owns about $1.7 million in equity in these deals that are still cash flowing. Now, keep that in mind if, as you look over to the amount column and you see all these different amounts that he's invested. These are returns from these deals. So as this deal refinanced, and if you're not familiar with the term, so it's just like a home refinance. So you have a home, your home is worth X amount of dollars, you own that home, you improve that home over the period of five or 10 years. Now you have equity in the home, you can go refinance it, put a new loan on it, and take some money out. And so that's what we do in apartment investing is we fix these things up, we get them looking nice, we up the rents, we lower the expenses, we do all these things to kind of change the numbers. And then we go and refinance them, pull money out and pay the investors back. And then they continue to stay in these deals until we sell them. So you'll notice these first refi dates here, okay? These first refi dates represent the return that Luis got on 320 in 2011, paid for his $45,000 investment, a reinvestment in, on 414 in 2011. So you'll notice how those dates kind of stair-stepped their way in. So let's just go through this, Luis. So, um, your initial investment, you invested $100,000 into this, this first deal, WCA, which is you know also known as Water Chase. You don't need to get too deep into that, but you did it in 2010. This is the infamous $100,000 that you and Robert were talking about. Now, what was it that convinced you to get over the hump to say, I'm going to invest this money with Robert on this deal? Because I remember you saying you were on the fence. Um, well, like I said, Robert sent me the, you know, the numbers for what he was projecting 
uh, this property could do for us. Uh, of course, you know, I, I, it, it was very scary for me. And like Robert says, I mean, my wife, uh, <clears throat> my wife is a little amazing when it comes to, you know, I don't know what it was. She saw something in him. She, okay. saw, she saw something in the process. And because there is no way that she would let me spend a nickel on anything that that was to uh, like to get rich kind of thing, yeah, right? know, rich quick scheme. Yeah. And, and I and I showed her the numbers. I said, look, I really don't know what I'm reading here. I said, but this is what the property is selling for. This is what Robert believes that he can do with it. This is uh, how they plan to increase um, the NOI. And, and she looked at everything. I looked at everything. And then she goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, uh, I guess, you know, we, we got to do something. And I guess it's time to do it. Yeah. Okay. So, you, know uh, you know what? I was going to say, Lewis, sometimes, you know, big change needs big action. You mm -hmm. know, and I think what you did, unlike what my parents did, was my parents got scared. They got decimated. And they, they didn't take action. And my dad and mom didn't invest into my first deal until 2014. So from 20. 2009, 2010, right? When you put your money in and they taken the same hit, my dad sat on the si sidelines for four years. It took him that long and, and you know, to realize, man, I got to do something. And so he missed that whole run up back in the market, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it, it put a lot of responsibility back on me in 2014, but, you know, and now they've been rewarded for that because those deals have made like 300% return. That 400,000 yeah. I built back for my parents, it's like probably 1.3, 1.4 million right now um, in terms of if we were to sell that deal. But I think you should be applauded for that kind of courage, right? Because you just took it right hard on the chin, you know, and the recession, and then you put your hundred thousand to work. Yeah, we sure did. Because if you look at this, if you guys are looking at this, this spreadsheet, if you look at, uh, let me change my color here. If you look at this total distribution amount, okay. From his hundred thousand dollars, he's already received back $326,000. And he's still, because they have not sold that deal, still has $338,000 in equity value in that deal from his initial $100,000. Okay, that's a, that's a big deal. And you talk about jumpstarting, uh, you know, an investment career. With these first three deals, I mean, he turned $100,000, which is his first first investment, into 326 already distributed and still have an equity in that deal. He turned 45000 into 145000 and he still has equity in that deal. And then this is a huge one here. He put $70,000 in on this deal. And this deal was sold. He's taken out $400,000. So you wonder how did this person continue to reinvest this money with these first three deals because they were at the time they were at. Obviously, this is like a life cycle of a deal. So you'll notice as the life cycle gets goes on, the percentages are smaller. That's because we're still going through the life cycle of these deals, right? But these earlier deals that have kind of matured, you notice that it's given him a massive, massive return and opportunity to continue reinvesting. And somebody's question was, and I want to answer this on the fly because it's important. Did you reinvest the cash flow and the, the refinance distribution? And I believe the answer is yes, right? Every time money hit that pot and you had enough to invest in the next deal, you did so. Is that correct, Luis? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And Robert, from your standpoint, you know, obviously, 326, 324, 572, these are massive, massive, massive return numbers that seem very, very hard to believe for some people. Let, tell me about what you did to those deals that, you know, you, you obviously put some type of bridge debt on them and then refinance, it looks like about a year to 14 months, 15 months later. 
what made those deals so successful? Yeah, you know, I think you look at these numbers, and again, congratulations to Lewis, because this is amazing. It's it's really gratifying for me to see uh, Lewis's story here and remembering and going back to the you know his origin story and how he got involved and really to go back and see where Rockstar Capital got started, right? How we built our name and our brand today. You know, it, it creates the theme of when's the best time to invest in real estate, and that's yesterday, right? Yesterday, you put it in there with a good operator and you leave it there for the long haul, right? You're going to make your most return when your deal is in a bridge debt. A bridge debt is temporary debt. It's bank debt. Uh, most of our loans have been with a local bank here in Houston called Green Bank, which later got bought by Veritex. But all of our account holdings are there. All of our, all of our bridge, most of our bridge debt is there. Um, when you do a Fannie Mae deal, those are great. It's very secure and it protects the lead partner because it's a, typically a non-recourse deal, but it's limited upside for the yeah. investors long-term. Right, because there is a supplemental loan that can happen in the first five years, but you're just adding more. You're adding more debt and principal and everything to the deal. When you have a bridge debt, you can restart the process. You know, uh, the second deal that that Lewis is there, Norlake Manor, that deal. All three of those deals have been refinanced twice. They all started with bridge debt because they were value add components. You mm -hmm. want to see those kind of numbers? You need a value add deal. You need a deal that is struggling. That deal, Water Chase, that first deal was bought at twenty four thousand a door in 2010. I mean, you can't, you can't find anything today for 24,000. And at that quality, I mean, you can look at the numbers that deal is probably worth the better part of a hundred thousand dollars a door today. And we still own it. We had bridged it on it. Originally, we ran it for a couple of years. I took a, a, a refinance and we put Fannie Mae debt on it. Right. Cause I had no idea that it, you know, it was how long we we're going to own it, but I wanted to have good solid Fannie debt. It was very risky in 2010. I don't know if you all remember the environment, but unemployment super high. It was a very different presidential administration at that point. It wasn't very government friendly, you know, and so it, it was a very different time. So we went back to permanent debt to protect me for sure, because, you know, it's, it's I'm signing on the note. But we did so well because we bought it so deep in the deal that when we had the chance to refinance again, we did. We actually paid a prepayment penalty to Fannie Mae to get out of that deal and put new debt on it again because there was so much equity that was in that deal. And I wanted the investors, I wanted Lewis and the rest of his partners to get that money back so they can decide what they want to do. Do you want to yeah. redeploy it again or do you, or do you need it? You yeah. know, and that happened again in Norlake Manor. That deal was bought for 15,000 a door. That deal right there had been foreclosed twice in the previous uh, 10 years. Uh, yeah. And when we bought it, it was full of section eight. It was full of felons. Mm -hmm. It was full. It was a very dirty deal, but look at the returns though. Yeah, right? And that's, that's what Lewis is expecting. That's what, you know, that's what, if you're with the right partner, the right investment partner, he's willing to take on that risk. He's willing to sign on that recourse note. note. And again, that same thing, that deal was, was Bowery Bridge debt. Then we put a Fannie Mae, it was actually a Freddie product on that deal, a small business product for less than $5 million. And we made so much money on that, that with Water Chase in 2015, we chose to refinance it again. And so the beauty of that is that, you know, I see Nate there. I want to get Nate involved here is that because it was IRA money, all of it went back to the IRA uh, service or to, to the provider, right? Lewis didn't touch any of that, right? So somebody had asked that question. He didn't, he didn't eat it. He didn't spend it. It went literally, this was his investment vehicle and it was untouched, untouched. And so all that money came back and, and, and that's why it was there to invest later on in Falls of Maplewood, another fantastic deal. We paid 26,000 a door for that in the Maryland area. Uh, and why do we like that deal? We had a long-term manager that had been there for 20 years. We had a long-term owner that had been there for 15 years. And you're like, wow, 
You know, there's a lot of complacency when you see those kind of deals. They weren't charging back the things that I know we can charge back for. They hadn't up upgraded the interiors. It was just a little cash cow for him that he bought so cheap back in the day too that, you know, he it was making his cash flow, his cash flow, his cash flow, and it worked out really well for him. So we came in there, we injected our capital, we injected our operations, we, we injected a higher level of professionalism, and we turned yeah. that deal around. That deal just sold in December, right? And Lewis's cut out of that was 572% at when that deal sold. So again, all that money went right back into the 401k, into his uh, IRA, and he was able to redeploy. Right now, uh, Lewis, that money's sitting there ready for the next Rockstar deal, right? I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting. That's, that's another thing we didn't even touch on is the fact that Luis is probably sitting on a couple hundred grand waiting for the next deal, but that's a little bit later in the presentation. The one thing I wanna keep pointing out is I'm getting great questions and great points that are making me think about things that I think we need to continue to yeah. Make sure we bring up people are asking you know why can't quest help them roll over their ira and then sh tell them what operators to invest in well that's that's not technically legal is it nate not for a self-directed ira company so, right. so you guys you guys can't refer somebody because then it would be like self-dealing then you could get kickbacks from the, the operator or whatever the case may be yeah then we're basically acting as a wealth advisor um you know like a fidelity does so yeah so so I'll point out that you know two of the questions that came up were how do you find good operators and how do you find deals? Uh, well, that's the magic formula, you guys. It's it, the, the finding the good operators is the absolute hardest part about all of this. Finding somebody who who, who self manages, who manages these deals for himself, who has skin in the game, who manages them like his life depends on it, is the absolute hardest thing about getting into real estate and investing successfully. I cannot say that enough. As far as deals. Well, it's, it's in an unfair game. A person that's coming in for their first time looking for a deal is going to have a very slim chance of getting a good deal versus somebody who's already purchased several deals and has a name in the business, right? It's an unfair business where the people who have proven themselves are the people who get first rights to refusal on these deals. They're the people who see these great deals come across their desk versus some of the guys who haven't proven themselves because one thing a broker doesn't want to do is ever list a deal, get it locked up under contract and then not sell. So. I can't stress to you enough how, how important it is to find a good operator with his own skin in the game who's managing the properties himself because that is going to give you the, the segue you really need to be successful as a real estate investor, especially when you're using a retirement account. The next thing to bring up is someone asked, are those distributions going directly to him or, or, those, or some way is that house money? No, those, those distributions, you see that column H here, right? Total distributions. These are the, this is the money that's going directly back into Luis's retirement account. Okay. So he's not personally getting that money because if, if he invested his own cash out of his pocket, then yes, this would go right back into his bank account. But because he invested out of his IRA, it was self-directed IRA, all this money gets distributed right back to his, his self-directed IRA. So as it does, as that money's coming in, as soon as it hits the threshold of $50,000 to invest in the next deal, he's investing that amount of money into the next deal, right? So you'll notice. He went from 100,000 and then that deal refied in 2011, which is a year later. And then he went back and put 45,000. And then, you know, that deal refinanced, that second deal refinanced a year later and he went back and put 70,000. So you can see how that kind of continues. And then these numbers get bigger. Well, why do they get bigger? That's because some of these deals that refied this second time here in 2015 and 2014 gave him even more liquid or cash in his IRA that he could go and invest and he started investing larger amounts. Right. So, so Luis, as you're going through this, you know, and you get, you know, into your first, second, third deal and you're, you're kind of, you're getting these returns back, 
you're starting to realize, wow, this is really working. What is your thought process at that point? Because I know when I talked to you, your biggest concern was, I don't want to miss the next deal. Like no matter what, make sure that I know about the next deal because I want to get in it. So, so like, what is your thought process once you started seeing this thing mature and started working? Well, like I said, when we got into the first deal, you know, I put everything I had, well, most everything I had. And then when I saw it give me some distributions, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Then when we refinanced the first time, uh, my only reason for doing 45 on the second one was because I was still scared and okay, I got a little bit of money, but I don't know if I want to put it all again. And so that was a comfortable amount for me at mm -hmm. that time. And so, uh, cause I think I had a little bit more than that, but you know, when that happened and then it started paying off, I said, wow, this is, this is awesome. I mean, there's no reason why I would ever stop. Yeah. You know, when we started this call, y'all were saying about how, uh, how awesome all of this was and, you know, and how I turned this much into this much. I look at it like, Hey, uh, a friend of mine once told me, he goes, uh, a 401k is monopoly money. That's how he always looked at it. He says, I'm going to invest it in any way that I can to make it more, but it's not money that comes into my house. Mm -hmm. It's not money that puts food on my table. He said, so I kind of look at it like monopoly money. And he and I ran together for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's still money. Yeah. And, he goes, and he goes, no, man. He goes, don't look at it that well. Now looking back at what I've done. Yeah, for everybody on the call that, that or everybody on this that wants to know, well, did I get my money? Is it my money? Well, the way I look at it, it's my money. It's just money that I can't really touch right now. But in a year, I, I told you earlier, Carl, in a year, I get to the age where, oh, I can touch it without the government taking any extra. Yeah, I, mean, I want to clarify that point real quick. So when you say you can't touch it right now, that just means because it's in your retirement account, because it's a self-directed retirement account, and you'll be penalized if you were to pull out. Correct. You're penalized 10% on anything you take as income. Yeah. Okay. And that's on top of it being income. Yeah. No, I get that. I just wanted to make sure I clarify that point. And Robert, for you, you know, obviously you've got skin in the game on all these deals, right? Like you've got, you've got money in all these investments. You put your heart and soul in all these investments. What's it like for you as you know, you come across the next deal and you're raising for the next deal and you're looking, cause I know for a fact, cause I've seen the books, several of these investors, are similar to Luis. Several of the investors who were in those first three deals with you have continued to invest with you over the years because obviously the returns, right? That they speak for themselves. So tell me about what that's like being an investor from an investor standpoint and putting your skin in the game and, and, and doing this, right? There's a lot of risk. Right. So, you know, I want to make sure I go back and answer something you said earlier though, or clarify that is that if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you should never invest in anything else. And I think if you're on this webinar, you've now realized this is the first step to investing in yourself. You realize there is another game besides the stock market, right? And that's where companies like, like Nate and, and Quest are there to help you. They, you know, multifamily is not the only game that you can invest with your IRA, right? Obviously, that's the purpose of this of this uh, webinar. But first is to educate yourself and get out of the conditioning that mom and dad and the rest of corporate America's put you in that put your money in a 401k and they keep you locked in there because they give you 
two points or three points matching so they can keep you there. You're, you're, you're cheating yourself because when you look at these kind of returns that Lewis has, like, wow, look at the other opportunities out there, right? But they don't make it easy for you. You have to, you have to work on getting your money out of your 401k and then you got to find the IRA providers such as Quest and, 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 and allow them to help you navigate through the system. But then you got to figure out where you want to put your money. So invest in yourself first before you invest in anything else too. If you're good enough, the market's going to find you. And that's something I learned from one of my mentors, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? I don't promote myself. I don't sell out there and, and try to raise equity. I just work my ass off and I try to produce quality returns, returns. And I've been doing that since 2007. You know, Nate started the conversation by saying, you know, we haven't formally met, but I know of you. Well, he knows of me because of people like Luis. He knows of me because of the other customers he has that has these kind of returns. So if you invest in, in a company like Rockstar Capital, right, you're, you're going to be part of our equity pool. You'll be invested into that deal. We'll go through the webinars. We'll explain to you why we like the deals. And then and then you really just kick back and wait, just like Luis did, right? And if you chose right, right, you always want to back the jockey, not the horse. It doesn't matter what the investment is. If you got the right, in, the right sponsor in that, right? And as you said, is he willing to sign on the paper? Is he invested in this deal? Does he put in his own investment in there? Every one of the deals that Rockstar Capital has, I have my personal money and nothing less than these days, nothing less than $200,000. And typically it's recourse note and recourse debt to me, which means that my kid's name is on the line with me. Their neck is on the line. So you're going to get my best effort, my best benefit. A mm -hmm. lot of syndicators out there is a big one that I like to follow out, out in Florida, right? Who sells, 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 pitch, pitch, pitch. And then he gives it to someone else to manage. Or you have other syndicators out there, they give it to someone else to manage. That's called third-party management. So they sell you on the dream, and then they give the dream to someone else and say, hey, make it work. That doesn't work for me, right? Because they can't get in your head. They can't. They don't understand your business model. And more importantly, what is your skin in the game? How, how much effort are they going to put into it? You want a guy that understands the numbers. You want a guy that's been through the battles. I went through the recession. I, I've been through this, and I have a commission background where if I didn't kill, I wasn't going to eat tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're ready for what's going on right now with COVID-19, right, which has tested everybody's liquidity, their solvency. But more importantly, what did they do in the background? What did they do when times were tough? Were they preparing for war? Right now, on April 3rd, we had 85% of our rent money. So our renters not paying? Yeah, they're not paying in some companies and some management companies at our company. 85% of them paid by April 3rd. 88% paid by April 6th. And tomorrow's payday, I expect we're going to hit over 90% of our total rent collections by April 10th during the worst time we've had in a long, long time. But you got to have a game plan, you have to have a system in place, and you have to have a track record. So whoever you invest with, what is your track record? Is your track record being solo, or is your track record giving it to somebody else? And there are successful guys out there that know how to pick a right management company, but there are this many of them right here. Yeah. That many. The rest of them are independent owner-operators that go to work every single day. Carl, you've been with our company for 60 days now. You know how involved I am. You understand what we're doing. You know, you need someone to lead the charge. And you have a wartime general or you have a peacetime general. Yeah. If it's peacetime, you got to prepare for war. So we're ready for this. And Lewis knows this. I mean, I'm not saying anything Lewis doesn't know. He's been with me for 10 years. And, you know, he's, as you can tell, Lewis is a very stoic man. He's careful. Uh, he wouldn't stay here for 10 years if it wasn't there. So that's what you can expect as being an investor. You have to believe in what the guy who's selling you the dream is believing in. And if you can't share the same enthusiasm, there may be a problem. It's not no. about numbers. It's about heart and passion. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So uh, there's there's been a, a number of great questions coming in, you guys. Uh, I want to get Nate involved in the conversation because there's a lot of questions that people have specific to uh, investing. And the first thing I want to say is there's been numerous questions coming in about what is the minimum to invest in Rockstar. And I believe currently it's 50000 It does change deal by deal. Uh, but if you are interested, obviously, there is uh, there is a, a, an investor portal on the website, rockstarcapital.com. Uh, 
you do click on investor registration and you fill out the form and you ask you some questions and fill out a profile. But uh, let's get let's get uh, Nate involved here. So Nate, one of the questions is, can I move money in, in an SEP IRA to a self-directed IRA? I already have an account with Quest. Uh, the answer is yes, you can. We have seven types of accounts here at Quest. Um, they're all IRA, uh, all IRAs of some fashion. So traditional Roth, SEP, and, and so on. So the answer, yes. Okay, excellent. Uh, another question we had here is, can you sell your equity value at any time? The, the answer to that question is no. I mean, we, you invest in these deals, you're in these deals with the, with the sponsor or with the lead syndicator for the long haul. Uh, obviously, you, you you're getting distributions, you're getting money at refis, but you know you're you're not the one that's in control of the deal. So, uh, but at the same time, with returns like this and seeing your money grow, it doesn't really it's not really a factor for me and other passive investors. Um, how about this one? Under the CARES Act, which Nate, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the changes and impacts um, due to COVID-19, how can we maximize our 401k with minimal penalty? Is there some some, some ways there that you're aware of? Well, you know, they did come out with the provision that you're allowed to take out uh, up to $100,000 out of a retirement account um, without any penalty, and you can roll it back in over three years. Now, I've got a, a different opinion on, on how you might want to look at that opportunity um, and realize that when you take money out of a retirement account, it's now yours, and you're a taxpayer till the day you die. Um, one, one thing that's interesting about uh, what has been talked about so far is Luis didn't take money out of his retirement account. He kept the money in his retirement account and invested it in there because there's tax shelter that comes with an IRA. So I would, I would, I can't advise on what to do, but I would strongly urge people to think twice before they take money out of a retirement account and use it, uh, you know, for their own needs, unless it's an emergency, because you're just going to get taxed on that money at some point. Mm -hmm. The better way to rebound from what we're, what's going on in the market now is to find out how you can invest into different things uh, with different streams of income that rebound your retirement back. Because like Louise said, that's your money, but it grows bigger and faster if you keep it in the IRA growing tax deferred or tax free. Mm, excellent. I appreciate that response. Um, another question is here. The thing is that you can open an account, but then what, how do you find deals? Again, it's all about finding a good operator. So you, you guys, everybody who's on the webinar now is, is in our email list. And as we have deals that come about, we will make sure to remind you guys, hey, there's a deal coming. If you have not filled out your investor registration, please do so if you're interested. So you know, just make sure you keep in mind, if you're looking for deals, if you're looking for an operator, we have a great one. And, and, it's, and this isn't a self-promote webinar, it's more of an educational webinar, but I'm just kind of giving you some, some insight here. Um, you know, I bet on the I bet on the the jockey, and that jockey for me is is Robert in, in Rockstar. So, uh, so these real estate deals have control of property. So, no. Uh, let's talk about UBIT, Nate. So we've got some questions surrounding UBIT. So, can you explain to everybody kind of what UBIT is? And uh, it says, can you explain tax on loan amount other than IRA contribution regarding UBIT tax? We can you just talk about that a little bit. I could talk about you, but I would probably say that's skipping ahead a little bit. I want to kind of mention something to out there because there's a lot of things that Luis said uh, that struck a chord with me and, and are a lot of the reasons why I'm in this profession uh, today. Um, and actually a lot of things that Robert said too, because uh, my background is, is real estate and lending, but you know, my mother uh, worked for Nordstrom. Uh, actually, she still works for Nordstrom uh, approaching 50 years. Um, I've seen how she invested her 401k and it's similar to probably uh, Robert's parents. 
Um, and at this point, the only asset that she's left, because her 401k has basically been dwindled away, all of the uh, wealth that she has is in her one piece of real estate. So I've always been fascinating with, fascinated with real estate. And one of the interesting things when you talk about real estate and IRAs is that most people, 95% of people who have IRAs do not invest directly, in estate, whether it's a rental property, multifamily. 95% of people who have IRAs in the stock market. But I've always been a numbers guy. And when you look at the 95%, uh, those people on average have a retirement account by the time they retire of $65,000, which doesn't last us very long. And Robert did something that most people don't have the courage to do, which is he looked at that and he said, you know what, if anybody's going to lose the money in my account, it's going to be me. And he made that leap into where the 5% of people are investing their retirement account is in non-traditional real estate investments. And one last point I want to make to this, because I think it's interesting to see, there was an article in Forbes just last month in March, um, and the headline read, uh, IRS is out to get self-directed IRAs. Now, if you read that title, you would think, oh, self-directed IRAs must be some bad thing. But when you read the article, the reason why the IRS is so keen and looking at self-directed IRAs now is not anything bad about self-directed IRAs. It's actually positive because when you look at IRAs in general, only 2% of IRAs are self-directed and hold non-traditional assets like real estate. But when you look at the IRAs that are valued above $5 million, 25% of those are invested through self-directed IRAs and invested in non-traditional assets. So you know what the rich are doing. They're using these self-directed accounts to invest in the things that, that, that Robert is, is investing in. And I'm not promoting a specific investment, but I've always been keen on investing in real estate with retirement accounts because I just think it's a, a better investment long-term. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Carl, can I jump in for a second? Sure. Yeah, I want to say like these results right here, they're not typical. They aren't typical. They aren't typical because you, you have to find the right situation, the right time, the right person to invest with. You know, I see a question I really want to jump is like, you know, uh, how much time do you spend managing your deals or did you manage them day to day? When I started the business in 2007, that was my first investment deal. I, and there was a call, property called Vineyard Trace Apartments up in spring in December of 07. And I literally stopped doing what I was doing at my day job. And I started working the chair and I joined, I joined the management team on site and I became like the assistant manager and I learned how to knock on doors. I learned how to lease. I learned how to tours. Four months later, come April, 2008, I'm like, I found my calling and I left my $150,000 a year job, which at the time was a lot of money to me. And I went and I took a pay cut to work at the property at 36,000. I left all that I knew. I left my 401k. I left my security. I was, I was, uh, let's see, it was 2009. So I was 34 years old, 35 years old. And I walked away from the security of my corporate job. And I did that day to day. And I learned that business. And I did that day to day all the way up to about 20. Lewis is laughing because he knows I'm starting the truth. <laughs> I was there till 2011. And I, I trained the managers. I learned how the game works because you got to understand the rules before you ever raise an investment dollar. So I didn't raise my first investment dollar. And so Lewis's deal in 2010, 2011. And that was, by that point, I already had run 2000 units. I already understood that the most person, the most important person sitting in that chair is the, I'm sorry, the most important person in the business is the one sitting in the chair. Cause that person is running a multi-million dollar business, 8 million, 10 million, 12 million, $15 million deal. Right. And what is, who are they? What is their background? How are they going to run it? What is their philosophy? What is their level of standard? If you and me as the owner now, if I don't train them and I don't put the right person in that chair, 
that deal is not going to have success. And that deal that Lewis bought, where I think it was worth 2.9 million when he bought it in 2010. But because mm -hmm. I sat in that chair, I sat with Melissa, who is now our chief operating officer, who grew that business with me. Lewis knows her really well. She was, uh, one, I don't know, one in a kind, but she, she was she was definitely one in a million type, type, type of person where she took she, she took the instruction well, and she ran every one of our deals moving forward after that. And that deal now is worth $10 million because she gave it a strong foundation early on. Mm -hmm. And then we kept training the replacement, training the replacement. People that we trusted, we didn't just throw them in a chair. We didn't recruit from outside. They were grown organically. They were leasing agents yeah. at one property and later became a property manager there. So that's how I got involved in the business. I didn't just start taking money and say, okay, good. I'm going to go hire, you know, ABC property management company. I already had 2,000 units under, uh, of experience in my belt. I already had done three 100% refinances, you know, before I ever took an investment dollar. And that's what you need. You got to have a track record. You get these kind of results that Lewis has because he invested with somebody who already had a track record. Well, you're also a good, you're, you know, you're also a, a good CEO. I'm, I'm going to give you credit there. And let me just, just harp on you for a second here because, uh, you know, you, you were voted most admired CEO by Houston Business Journal, and that was for a reason. And I know you personally, Robert, and that's because you take people like Melissa, who you mentioned, from a leasing manager to now the COO of your company, and she's also a millionaire herself, right? Her bonus her, her are, are shares and deals, and, and if she looks at her bankroll now, she's, she's saying, well, this is why he's such a good manager. This is why he's such a good owner. This is why the company does so well, is because you take care of the people around you. So I just want to point that out real quick. Uh, to people if they're if they're not familiar with you and how you run the company um, Another question that came in. That's a good question. I want to answer is You had mentioned these results are not typical So I just want to make sure that everyone understands that's a disclaimer We legally have to say things like these results are not typical because we can't sit here and promise you that every deal is going to be a smoke and home run you have to you have to kind of put those put those disclaimers out there a little bit but when you talk about what's an average deal on average Robert has returned on average 15 different times more than 100% of the investor's money, okay? So I just want to point that out. So you, we can't say, oh, yeah, well, an average deal is about a 150 to a 250% return. We can't, we're not allowed to say things like that. But what we can say is if you look at the average across the board for the time that he's refinanced the sold deals, he's returned more than 100% of those investors' money. So just keep that in mind. Um, it says audio is cutting in and out. Are most of these deals – you're investing off-market deal. A little bit of off-market, a little bit of on-market, you know, wherever the deal comes from. Um, again, if you guys say that, the, yeah, the best deals are going to come off-market. Yeah. And that comes through guys, relationships with the brokers. If you guys are getting disconnected at all or, or having trouble with sound, just hit the reconnect button at the top and it should take care of it for you. Got it. Uh, what markets do you buy in? Again, Rockstar Capital is a Houston-based company, so you stick with what you know, and they know Houston very well. Born and raised, obviously, in Houston. They know the market very well, and they are investing in B and C-class apartments in those areas, even some A-class apartments. Um, I can tell you that the meat and potatoes of these things is really in that B-class market range. It's where you're able to add some value and not buy something that's, that's more of a headache. But, um, yeah, just answering some of these questions as they come across. Nate, let's get back to you, okay? I want to. I do want to get into some more detail because there is a lot of people who seem to be fairly educated with self-directed IRAs and are asking about the UBIT stuff. So uh, let's talk real quick for people who are not. What is the process of, of starting a self-directed IRA and what is the time frame and what are the costs to do that? 
So the, the process, it's, it's kind of a three-step process. The first step is just opening an account, which just requires filling out an application, just like you would fill out an application opening a Fidelity account. Um, that usually takes, by the time you fill out the application, we can have the account established within a day. Uh, and then the second step would be how you're going to fund the account. Uh, most people fund their self-directed IRA by transferring some existing funds from one of their other IRAs. So if you've got a Fidelity IRA, we just send a transfer form to them and they wire whatever funds you requested to be wired over. And that usually takes about three to five business days, usually three with, when you talk about Fidelity or say Charles Schwab. Talk about some other banks. It depends on how fast they work. Um, so we always tell people, if you've got a deal that you want to invest in, make sure you understand how fast your current custodian works to send money. Uh, you never want to be uh, locked out of a deal because you're waiting for Wells Fargo advisors to, you know, to, to wire quest their money. Um, but then once you've got the account open and it's set up, then step three is find the investment and tell us what you want to invest in. You work with our transactions department um, and, per, and working with multifamily investments is typically really, really easy to get those funded. Uh, if the account's open and funded and we've got the investment documents, we can usually fund it within 24 to 48 hours. Okay, excellent. Uh, also add to that, Carl, that people should have that ready to go before they start looking at an apartment deal. Yeah. Uh, because, it's, you know, our deals, they fill up really quick. I mean, our last equity raised, I think we raised six, seven million dollars in like 48 hours. So it goes really fast. Right. But for those, it's if this is your first time or you've never used IRA before, it, it's a it's a process. There's there's a few weeks involved. I mean, Nate and his group are very good at it. They can knock it out fast, but I don't want to have to wait for that money. I've had to do that from time to time where like, OK, I'll save your place. I wish you had invested. I wish you had had your IRA open already. I wish you had told me it wasn't available because I said no to two people. Right. It, it, you slow down the process. Now I have to eat into my reserves to basically back what you said you're going to do, which is just a promise, you know, because once I go on the balance sheet, it's really hard to take you off. It's hard to get you off yeah. the operating agreement. So to have those deals, have your paperwork ready to go. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll add something to that too, though, because he brings up a good point. Um, I've seen, I, I see thousands of transactions, you know, at, at Quest, uh, and oftentimes the ones that are missed out, the missed opportunities are the people that waited to open the account, you know, until they found the investment. Well, the problem that they find usually is that we can establish the account right away, but then when they talk to their bank to send the money over, they find out their bank takes two to three weeks um, and, and that holds up their deal or they miss the opportunity. So like what Robert said is that's true. You should get yourself in a, ready, in a position ready to take care of opportunity, which is get the account established and start the money to be moved over because it's the one thing that Quest does not have control over. Um, and if you are interested, we have a whole spreadsheet that we keep on how fast these banks work to move money over. Fidelity, Charles Schwab, pretty quick. But if you're dealing with, say, Wells Fargo Advisors, no offense, Wells Fargo Advisors, but they take forever. So uh, you want to make sure that you get that process started first uh, before you act on an investment. Very good points here. Yes. Uh, a couple of quick questions that I want to get out before we forget. Um, do you have to open a new account for each property or do you keep it all in one Quest IRA account? You can, it's up to you. You can keep it in one IRA. Um, there is something to be said with spreading out your assets amongst different IRAs just for a little bit of asset protection, you could, you could say. Uh, but it's really up to the client as to how you do that. You can do it one way or the other. Okay, so you got that. Okay, excellent. Um, I hope Quest sends out a, yes, a link will be sent out. Are the deals in the spreadsheet Luis is complete or are there some left off? No, those are those are all his deals that he went. We did not leave anything off. Uh, can you invest without an IRA? Absolutely. Um, 
And then are there advantages to investing through an IRA versus investing with plain old cash? That's a good one for you, Nate. Yeah, uh, so IRAs are gonna grow faster than your cash will. Uh, and that, that's just for the mere reason that we're taxpayers and we have to pay taxes annually. So if I've got $100,000 and I'm invested in, in, a, in a multifamily deal, well, I'm gonna have to pay taxes each and every year on that money till the day I die, so that money grows slow. But an IRA grows either tax deferred at a bare minimum, meaning you can buy and sell 100 investments and not pay any taxes. You might just pay taxes when you take distributions, and that could be you know, many years down the road. Uh, but there's also other IRAs like a Roth IRA, a health savings account, or an education savings account that we have here at Quest that we talk a lot about that not only grow tax deferred, but when you take distributions, the distributions are completely tax-free and penalty-free. So you're always gonna grow your money faster by investing it in a tax-sheltered environment like an IRA versus just investing it with your own cash. Excellent. Robert, you wanna take some questions here? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good uh, operational questions. I, I can't see them all. I just remember the ones that were in the top of my head. So what is your IRR on a five-year five -year horizon? So all of our investments are bought with a 10-year horizon. Car, if you can, can you put uh, I, uh, Lewis's spreadsheet back? Because it'll help me. Um, so when we buy a deal, we're buying it for the long run. That's why the deal's not liquid. You can get your money out of the deal, but you might take a little bit of a haircut. The operating agreement says that you will try to get market value, but it's really what what what, what the buyer can get, right? And the buyers are going to be the owner, the other owners, and they may decide to give you fair price. They might decide to give you a lower value. So, but on a, if you want to stay in the deal, just like Lewis did, so you can see the results that are similar to that, you know, on a 10 year horizon, you should be looking at a three X return. And that's going to come from a combination of cash flow and a combination of total equity return. So on that very first deal that, uh, that WCA, I promise around at that time, this is 2010, around eight to 10% return annualized. Right. Mm -hmm. But I cannot count on the unrealized gain until it actually becomes you know, realize later on. Well, look at that deal. I mean, look how much distribution he has and look at how much equity value he has. So it's it's a one-to-one -one ratio. So you'll be getting cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. We do a refinance event, hopefully around year three or four. We own it again for a little longer. And by the time we decide to sell the deal, somewhere close to year seven to year 10, you should be in that two and a half to three X return. Uh, price per doors. Are you worried about price per doors? No, I'm not worried about price per doors because price per door is based on the NOI. Right. The NOI today, somebody said, well, price per doors are different today than what they were 10 years ago. Well, of course, because the NOI is so much higher today. Right. If the NOI is higher then the price per door is going to be higher. Yes, cap rates have something to do with it, but you have to generate more income. You have to have expenses optimized. So as every year there's an owner operator, there, there's an entrepreneur that owns that deal and he's trying to increase his NOI. So I don't expect to pay twenty four thousand a door in 2009 and 10. I'm OK paying 60, 70,000 a door because as long as I believe in our operations and our ability and I find the right value add deals, I can increase the NOI because I think there's operational inefficiencies that we're gonna capitalize on and we're gonna move that needle. Um, cap rates. Cap rates are based on demand. Somebody's saying like, well, you know, C's are taking it on the chin. Yeah, they are taking it on the chin because they're the weakest part of the economy, right? Our properties, as I said, are mostly B properties. We, we do have a couple of class A deals in South Texas that we bought for a really good price and they're actually performing really well now. But as a portfolio, we had 85% of our rent money in by the third and we had 88% of our rent money in by the sixth. And you're like, wow, that's really good. Well, it, it's especially good because last month it was just one point higher last month and two months ago in January, there's actually a difference there now. 
So that's finer operations. So the, you know, you you just need to work with an operator that knows how to get uh, the cap rate and the IRA and the I'm sorry, the, the IRR and the, and the price per door. Um, were there any other questions there? Uh, a, good one, a good one here is uh, some some investments show a current, and I just want to make sure I clarify a current distribution of zero, even though they have just been distributed money so far. They're showing the current distribution of zero. So could you explain that? Just kind of how the deals have been flow and how, how that works. So you mean like the last deal, SC? Uh, well, just like for instance, uh, quarterly distribution on um, GM. So I think it's Green Meadows. Um, oh yeah, so that's a special deal. So that deal has, my mom is in that deal, okay? That deal has CMBS loan, right? So that is, there is no supplemental, there is no refinance opportunity. That was buying a very special, different part of the market where you probably don't remember this, right? But financing was very tough. And Fannie Mae wasn't the best choice at that time. So we bought the we bought the deal the best financing at the lowest rate at that time. So mm -hmm. we won't realize our equity in that deal mm -hmm. until we sell it. But look, look at the numbers he has on it. So I can't see it. Yeah, so he $14,000, but look, he's at $91,000 on unrealized income. That's right. that's the one my mama's in. So that's three times his money. Three plus times. When we sell that deal, right? What's that? I said, plus he's already gotten back, I think four, 14 and some change on that one. Absolutely. So if you were to combine the two returns, what is that number, Carl? I mean, you got 105,000 uh, total in, in a five-year horizon. I mean, that's, that's 20%, right? Or yeah. 30%, 30%. Yeah, so 30% annualized return. That, that That's what the, if we were to sell today. So I hope that answers your question. That particular deal has no opportunity to refinance until we sell. So that, that's where, you, you know, that same answer can be used for all of them. Some are going to have higher, lower cash flows, but you need to focus on what is the property really worth? What is the equity value? So that's what you're holding on to. That's what you want to see increasing. If that starts to decrease, then it's probably time to sell the deal. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get back to Nate real quick because I want to make sure we get through all these questions for Nate that, that, that we have initially planned for. Um, what's the difference in the process, Nate, between an IRA and a 401k? Well, it, it depends because when you talk 401k, um, that can get loosely used. So most people, when they talk 401k, they're thinking about the 401k they have at their job. Um, I would first ask, well, are you still working at that job? Can you roll money out of it? A lot of times you have a 401k at, a, at an employer, um, they're not gonna let you move that money and self-direct it. Um, now, when you talk about having an IRA or a 401k at Quest, those, that process is a little bit different because the IRAs that we have, we do the processing. Um, that's just the way that it's set up and, and you have to have a custodian of the IRAs, which would be Quest. But we do offer a what's called a solo 401k. And this is strictly for people who are self-employed with no common law employees. Uh, we basically help you set it up. We give you the plan documents. But the, uh, the administrator of the 401k is the person themselves. So they're actually writing their own checks and doing all the administration uh, as the business owner managing their 401k. So they do the work with the IRAs, we do the work. Excellent. Carl, there was a great question about taxes. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I did see something come up about taxes. Go ahead uh, if you want to address that one. All right, so I know we're going to have a later webinar that talks specifically about taxes and cost segregation, but there's something in the apartment world that we do called cost segregation. That's advanced depreciation, which allows you to depreciate the property faster than the normal 27 and a half years you would have on a typical property. We try to advance it in a three, five year and seven year cycle. So for example, if we bought a $10 million property today and you're a part owner, you will have a giant portion 
of that negative carry, that negative loss that gets applied towards your returns. But more importantly, to really take advantage of it is that if you're considered a real estate professional, that money can go against your family's income. So let's say mama is a stay-at-home mom, but dad makes $300,000 a year at IBM. And he's invested in one of the or one or two or three deals, right? He's able to, when he gets that K-1, it's going to show a negative loss because we bought three deals in 2019 that even though they're not distributing yet or they haven't done cash flow because they're still in the stabilization period, he's going to get his share of the cost segregation of the depreciation losses. That could reduce his taxable income from 300000 and I think the the, the uh, example we used, Carl, was uh, minus 120 down to 180000 right? Which means that during the year, he's been paying taxes on 300000 but when he when his CPA does his returns, he's going to apply his K-1 losses. He's really going to only need to pay, to pay taxes on 180000 which means he's been overpaying for the year. I had one of our investors, Keith, send me a text message two days ago. He's invested in three Rockstar deals, three deals in 2019. Uh, one has started started distributing. The other one has not. The other two have not. And he said, "Man, I've never gotten a tax return, a tax refund back. And this year, because of the K one losses I have in your deals, I'm getting twelve thousand dollars, right? So let, let's look at that in perspective. The government's giving everybody twelve hundred dollars as a stimulus check, but because he invested in himself, he put his money into multifamily investments. He just produced his own stimulus check. He just got a twelve thousand dollar check." According, according as a result of, de, of the depreciation and the cost segregation studies. So there's a lot of ways to make money in real estate other than the cash benefit up front or the equity creation. Okay. Um, good question here real quick for Nate. Uh, depreciation doesn't apply if invested with an IRA, correct? Typically, no. But but the reason is it's, it's almost a mute point because when you're using depreciation, it's <clears throat> tax. But when you're investing in an IRA, there's no tax to offset. So uh, it's a kind of a mute point. Now, it does kind of bring to the other question uh, when you were kind of mentioned about UBIT. Um, some of the investments in IRA make, can trigger a tax. Um, and in multifamily, this is something that we talk about quite often, um, especially if there's a, a debt component. Uh, it doesn't have to, even have to be multifamily. It can be any, any investment that your IRA acquires debt in order to help it purchase. Um, there is a taxable situation, and this is called unrelated debt financed income tax. Well, when your IRA is in a position of being a taxpayer now, well, now you can use depreciation. So it just depends on, on the investment that you're using. If there's, if there's no tax, you don't, you don't need the depreciation. But if there is a tax like UDFI, you can use the depreciation and all the normal things that we use um, outside of an IRA to kind of whittle that down. Excellent. Um, another question here is, do we offer funds for 1031 exchange? I'm not sure exactly what you mean. I, we, we do take 1031 exchange. And actually, Robert, why don't you answer that? Because that's specific to 1031 exchange. And I know that with 1031, don't you have to have, um, uh, you, can't, you can't invest in a deal with other people like a syndication, correct? No, no, no. Right. It's got to be, it's, no, we don't do 1031. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's, not, uh, there's nothing that we're un unable to help you there with that unfortunately um there wouldn't be udfi for investing in rockstar right udfi i don't know what that means what does that mean i don't know i think that's he's referring to unrelated debt finance income tax which is ubit okay would that would that be uh would, 
would that come into to play with uh, investing in Rockstar? I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with the U bit. I'm not, I'm not a tax professional, so I don't know yeah. how to answer that question. Okay. Yeah. Again, that's not our job to say that. That that's something that your CPA would help you kind of identify. Um, Good. And, and again, even if there is a UDFI on an investment. It, one, the UDFI is one of those things that you should just be aware of, but not scared of. Every situation that I've ever seen a, a client have to pay this tax, um, it, the tax is a lot less than what it, you know, what they thought it would have been. But I always say you got to consult with a tax professional, um, and based on the investment, find out if you, you know, have to pay UDFI out of the IRA. But a lot of times, it's not that big of a deal. Gotcha, uh, Carl. There was a question there. I see that there's a zero dollar distribution, but it was invested six months ago. Well, that was disclosed up front. Every deal is different. That's a deep value deal that that uh, Lewis must have invested in. That has a zero dollar uh, um, zero dollar distribution. We don't tell you we're going to distribute in six months. We don't even tell you we're going to distribute in twelve months. We're going to distribute when the time is right, right? <laughs> and so, but over the course of that ten year period, looking at Lewis's results, results, I think you can see we're going to make money. It just you have to stabilize it. You've got to balance it out. We got to see: do we have the right manager? Do we have the right the right maintenance team? There's a lot of balancing acts. Are we able to get the rehab done on time? Uh, are we able to get it done in budget? Is the market working with us right now? The market may not work with us, right? So, you know, we tell everybody that we try to wait 12 months until we start distributions. So we've hit that target more 90% of the time. Sometimes we have to go a little bit further, but the juice is going to be there. It's just a little bit dirtier deal than what we anticipated. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, just to drive this point home, I just want to I just want to mention, okay, at the end of the day, this is a story about a gentleman who started with $100,000, okay? Did not add anything to that $100,000 from his personal pocket or anything else. It's strictly that $100,000. Continued to reinvest his earnings, which is his distributions, and his uh, earnings from refinances. Continued to invest those in the next deal, the next deal, the next deal, as much as he could as he went through this process. And over the period of nine years, he has received back $1.3 million in his account in distributions, which he continued to reinvest, obviously having $948,000 invested. Now, that means he has you know, a significant amount of cash sitting there waiting for another investment as well. And he's got $1.7 million worth of valuation in these deals with his investments in them that are still cash flowing and giving him $16,000 a quarter. So to wrap your head around this, you guys, $100,000 that's given you $60,000 a year in cash flow that got you $1.7 million in value in these deals, that is a massive, 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 massive story. I mean, that, that, is, a, that is a huge win for Luis. That is a huge success story. And that is something that I think a lot of people should learn from and really try to educate themselves on how you can try to do the same thing, right? Because I think that is the, the way you should be directing your, your self-directed IRA personally. Um, before we before we take off here, I want to make sure that we answer any more questions that have come in. And then I want to make sure, uh, Nate, you you have a special landing page, is that correct, for the people, which I've had up here a couple times? Yeah, we, we just created this just for this webinar in case people want more information and give them a little special uh, discount since times are a little tough right now. We're you know giving all the viewers a special discount if they want to open a self-directed IRA. Excellent. So you're going to go to bonus.questtrucks.com and you'll be able to uh, fill out the form there. Uh, if you're interested in, in learning more about Rockstar Capital, again, everybody who's on the webinar has been added to our email distribution list, which is our, our kind of our newsletters every month, things like that, uh, upcoming events. We have a lot of events and meetups when we can actually spend time with each other. 
Um, but aside from that, if you're interested further in, in, in investing, if you go to the link that I've, I've broadcasted to the room here, rockstar-capital.com forward slash investments, you can click on in, investor registration and actually fill out the investor registration for somebody who's interested. Now, you do have to be a credit investor, okay? And uh, a credit investor, you can, you can get with your CPA on that to get more clarity and see if you qualify. Uh, but I believe it is uh, $300,000 annually or a million plus in, in assets, not including your main residence, something like that, right? So check with your CPA to see if you qualify, but we are taking accredited investors only, uh, and you can fill out the uh, investor registration form on our website. Um, anything else you want to add, Luis, to, to, the, to the webinar here? I think you're the star of the show here, and we've been trying to make sure we educate everybody. Yeah, thank you. Um, basically, you know, I took a, a couple of, jotted down a couple of points. Uh, it really comes down to educate yourself. I mean, this worked for me, but who knows? It, it may stop tomorrow. I hope not, but, you know, educate yourself. The second thing is uh, I learned early on when I was doing this, they said bet on the jockey and not on the horse. Uh, Robert has been my only jockey. And uh, if, you, if you follow horse racing, uh, some of the best known jockeys always win, doesn't matter what horse they're on. And the other thing was about how he sat in the seat and how he learned what he had to do. Uh, you know, I remember Melissa when, she, when, when we first started all of this, uh, very young, uh, scared, um, naive in the business, but she was just so hungry to learn. And I saw her a couple of months ago. My wife and I both said, wow, she's become a woman. I mean, you know, when you see a, a young woman become a, a grown woman, that was the transformation from day one to now. I mean, she carries herself with just an immense amount of confidence. And I know that that came from who she learned under. I mean, I'm happy that I'm here. I think I was very blessed. But my biggest reason for doing this and sticking with, the, with my jockey is because he always put his money in the deal. And I go, if somebody's willing to do that with their own pocket, and for me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I wasn't the one that was just going, oh, here's my money, go have fun and give me something back. It was, he's trying to make money just like I am. And he's trying to make money for himself. And at the same time, I capitalized. That was a no-brainer for me once I got that sunk into my head. Uh, then the last thing was, you know, a lot of people do single-family residence. And believe me, I, I want to do that too. But my wife kind of turned to me and goes, do you want to work that hard chasing down uh, rents and, and repairs and all of that? She goes, you're not going to be happy doing that. And she's right. You know, some of my family members are big into single family residents and they do really, really well. But now with this COVID-19 hit us, 
I mean, I talk to them and I say, hey, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm helping out my my residents so that my tenants so that, you know, I can get paid and they can make it and so on and so forth. Kind of like what we're doing with Rockstar. The thing, the difference is that I'm a passive investor. I've taken my money and I've said, okay, let's try to do something with it. I'm not the one knocking on the doors. So I'm very happy that there is somebody who can do that and who does it well. That's basically it. That's my story. We appreciate you sharing that story, honestly, Luis. You're an inspiration, not only to myself, but I'm sure to everybody here on the webinar. Um, is there anything else, Nate, that you'd like to add before we before we send off here? And Robert, I'll give you a chance as well, obviously. Uh, oh, excuse me. I, I There is one thing that I didn't say I want to say. Is ahead, somebody, somebody asked, well, can I get out of the deal once I'm in it? And apparently we're not structured that way. But my response when I heard that question was, why would you want to? Yeah. You know, all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Luis. Nate? Yeah, I would just say, you know, final thoughts is, you know, this is kind of why Quest is here. You know, we love to hear these stories. Uh, Luis's story is, is, is very familiar to me with a lot of our clients. Um, but he brings up a lot of good points too. You know, he's, he's, he's speaking it straight is that, you know, using your IRA in this, in this fashion, it's not for everybody. Um, but it is for the, the people that are willing to educate themselves, the people that are willing to go out there and network and find guys like Robert. Um, and then, and the people that are really just ready to take their retirement into their own hands. Uh, but it's not for the faint of heart and it's not for the people that just want to sit back and then just expect, you know, that the money's going to get there without you doing anything. You know, self-directed part has a self and Lewis is <laughs> showing you uh, how that self works, you know, by the things that he's done. Um, and we were glad to help. And we appreciate you joining and, uh, and being a sponsor of the webinar and then just, just helping out as much as you have. You guys have been great. So great to work with you guys. And thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Robert, any any last last words before we go off here? Yeah, I just want to echo it. You know, just before you're ready to invest in anything outside, invest in yourself. You know, we're, we're, we like to think we're a very special company in Rockstar Capital. Uh, we care a lot about each other. You told Melissa's story. But, you know, it's a complete team approach, and I care tremendously about for my investors. You know, I wouldn't be here without them. I wouldn't be here without people like Lewis and, and the rest of them who, who invested with me back in the early days and the infancy of our company. Uh, together, we've grown our business to 21 communities, almost 4,000 units. We're 380 million. I've raised 100 million of, of, of money since 2011. And without people like Nate and Quest IRA, they wouldn't be able to have another vehicle to invest in. So I ask that you please educate yourself. Start understanding mm -hmm. there's more than just a stock market. You know, you saw what's happened in the last 30 days. That that was a massive wake-up call. If you didn't get the wake-up call back in 08, 09, 2010 uh, on what happened then. So educate yourself before you put your money with somewhere. And if, if you like what I've said today, if you think I'm somebody you want to invest with, please, please go to rockstarcapital.com. Go to the investor link, sign up, and get on our distribution list. That's the only way you're going to get access to those deals is if you're in our portal, if you're there, ready. And then if you are ready and, you're not a, and you are – uh, not a cash investor, get your IRA money ready with with Nate and, and Quest and make sure that you don't get left uh, at the starting line when everybody <laughs> starts the race uh, and then be ready be ready for the ride. There will be ups and downs, but you understand one thing. My money will be right there next to yours. My kid's money is on the is on the line with you. My reputation is on the line. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be a seven to two year hole. 
and we're going to become friends and you're going to become business partners with me and you're going to you're going to share in that with me i don't make any money unless you guys make money and lewis is prime prime example of that i want to thank lewis uh for sharing his financial picture a lot of people don't want to share uh what they have and and i think lewis is beaming and proud and i think there's very few out there that are listening that wouldn't want to share that that balance sheet that he has you know so thank you to lewis for having your faith yeah. and your confidence in me uh in my company uh uh and allowing us an opportunity to uh uh show you what we can do but again if you were interested in us find us at rockstarcapital.com and sign up on our invest investor registration link and yeah. thanks carl for moderating this is incredible. yeah well, that's i appreciate it and, and I, I also want to thank Luis. i know it's uh <clears throat> it's probably uncomfortable to get up here and show all of this financial information so appreciate you doing that and really having the courage to help us educate the people because I think it's really important to educate these people. I, I, I for one, did not grow up around anybody who, who I would consider rich, but I grew up around a lot of people who saved up 100K in their IRA or 401K. And, and uh, you know, to be able to educate them, to help them utilize that to the fullest extent really is important to me. So thank you, everybody who has attended. You know, I think Rockstar Capital is a great company. I think Quest, you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome educators yourself. So. Thank you, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you learned something and you know how to reach us. Please reach out and feel free uh, to do so anytime. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks, everybody. It was a good time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Apartment Rockstar Podcast. If you want to learn more about Robert Martinez, feel free to go to www.theapartmentrockstar.com. Follow him on Instagram at apartmentrockstar. Connect through LinkedIn at Robert Martinez. If you're interested in apartment investing through Rockstar Capital, go to investors.rockstarcapital.com. This has been a production of Rockstar Capital.